0: Everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T watches a scary movie. My name's T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Right now new episodes are going up every Wednesday night. Got the audio only version at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search Twazm or T watches a scary movie and half an hour later the video version goes up on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds scary movie. But If you want to get all the alerts for new audio episodes, new video episodes, written reviews, TikTok videos, everything that's going on in my world, you got to get subscribed to my link tree. That's linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. You get subscribed, you'll get alerts for when everything is going up, new videos, new audio, new written reviews, new TikToks everything folks and you're gonna want to make sure to do that because we're getting so much new horror news these days that I'm trying to drop more and more news like on TikTok and YouTube shorts for y'all to keep up with so get subscribed so you can stay in the know so tonight in movie reviews we are talking about another exorcism film recently released starring Russell Crowe called The Pope's Exorcist that's what I got for y'all tonight in movie reviews but before we get to movie reviews, we do have a little bit in horror news to discuss with all of y'all as well, too. So, it was announced recently that we are finally getting a new new entry in the bird box series that's right you might remember back in 2018 we got the phenomenon bird box the film starring sandra bullock about this new pandemic that overtakes the world to where everybody begins to kill themselves and about a uh, a mom along with her uh her child that's trying to protect this kid uh, along with everybody else around her from succumbing to the effects of this pandemic actually a very interesting film. I enjoyed it a lot. I know it's got its detractors out there, but there was a lot of talk when the film got released that it was going to be a, a sequel or at least some kind of expansion of that world. And Netflix actually recently announced that the next entry titled Bird Box Barcelona is going to debut on July 14th on the Netflix streaming platform. Now, uh, We don't know if this is gonna be set like around the same time, or have anything to do with the first movie other than it takes place obviously in the same world and the same pandemic is affecting everybody. We haven't got any of that information out yet, but the plot synopsis very simply reads, after a mysterious force decimates the world's population by causing all who see it to take their lives, Sebastian and his young daughter Anna must navigate their own journey of survival through the desolate streets of Barcelona as they form an uneasy alliance with other survivors and make their way towards a safe haven a threat more sinister than the unseen creature grows now in the original film, of course, uh, the, the this pandemic wasn't the only thing to worry about. There were other people out there in the world who had not been affected by it and went on murderous rampages, trying to force everybody uh, who didn't, uh, who wasn't immune to it, to open their eyes and look. So we have to imagine that's probably going to be the same thing, honestly this just seems like we're getting the same movie just set in a different uh from a different perspective in a different part of the world there's nothing wrong with that because disaster films actually seemingly have a lot of baked in storylines like that um you know we're just getting around these days to like cloverfield 2 after having so many spinoffs but we've all been wanting that for the last Almost 20 years at this point, or 20 years actually, uh, we've been wanting that film uh, to see more of this giant monster that attacks New York and all of the people that are affected by that. And we didn't get it, but now that's what's being worked on. And that just goes to show you that in all of these big, big pandemic, world disaster films that you could effectively do the same movie again or even two more times, just tell a different story within that world and we'll be okay. We don't necessarily need to go back and watch the same characters. I don't need to find out more about uh, Sandra Bullock's character, honestly. And I don't know if I'm interested enough to see these other characters who were featured, what they had going on before they all end up meeting up in that first film. So I'm excited to get another entry here in the bird box franchise i think if you liked the first film this will just be more of what you enjoyed and if you didn't this is probably not going to get you onto the franchise but hey a new entry means we're probably going to get more down the line gonna cross our fingers and hope for sure and speaking of new entries folks after seeing a million and one fan-made posters over the last 20 years it is a officially official Warner Brothers Discovery announcing that September 6, 2024, Tim Burton is returning to direct Beetlejuice 2. That's right. Beetlejuice 2 Is coming back, uh, is finally happening here, folks. And yes, it's official. Jenna Ortega has joined the cast as the daughter of Lydia Dietz. Michael Keaton is back to play that self titled trickster. And Danny Elfman is also on board to compose the film score yet again. Uh, It's big news. It's big, big news because there's been all this talk about Beetlejuice 2 for decades at this point, with not a lot of serious movement actually being made. Like a lot of of everybody who's been involved have been really interested in doing another film, but for one reason or another, it just hadn't it hadn't happened yet. And finally, uh, it, it seems, and I, I gotta, gotta give her the credit on it, but it seems like Jenna Ortega's involvement is really what ended up causing this to go down because that girl's on fire, right, uh, right on fire, And Lord knows everybody, everybody is like trying to get her in everything. And she just got done doing season one of Wednesday with Tim Burton, so why not hit it two for two, come back and do just another project together. And that project is apparently gonna be Beetlejuice 2. Now, being the daughter of Lydia, I would assume we're going to get some kind of storyline that centers around Beetlejuice, maybe seeking some kind of revenge. When we last saw him, um, he was getting his head shrunk as he was waiting to be seen for his appointment to figure out his afterlife after being properly exercised by the Deets. Uh, by uh, Lydia, and then uh, Gina Davis' and Alec Baldwin's characters. And we don't know if any of those other characters are going to be returning. We don't even have confirmation that Winona Ryder is going to be returning to the film, but I imagine she will be. But I have to imagine, you know, we're already talking about it, like, with Bird Box Barcelona, about how we're getting the same story just retold from a different perspective, and I'm guessing it's going to be the same thing because I have to imagine that Beetlejuice is uh, going to have a fascination with Lydia's daughter, played by Jenna Ortega. And there's going to be some kind of deal being struck to where she either wants Lydia's daughter or she or he wants Lydia. And that's going to cause the plight of this film. That is my guess right now. As, and that she will become, Lydia's daughter will become madly obsessed with Beetlejuice as well. But I don't know. I don't know. We We will see as this goes on, honestly because we're going to get plot details very soon the movie actually is supposedly starting to film within the next week or so that is actually already going into production so this is wrapping up fairly quickly so next year in september starting spooky season off right which means we might get another haunted house at halloween horror nights we already had a great beetlejuice one i'm down for a second beetlejuice house at halloween horror nights but uh we'll see next september folks That's going to do it here for Horror News, though. Stay tuned, because when we're back from this break, I'm talking The Pope's Exorcist. Hey, everybody. Looking for a great way to stay up to date on Horror News, as well as read the best of articles on anything scary out in the world right now? Then, you need to head over to the Fangoria Shop and get yourself a subscription. If you go to shop.fangoria.com slash A-X-D-E-W, you can use my own personalized 20% discount to save 20% off on Fangoria Magazine subscriptions, as well as 20% off any other items in their fantastic shop. This is a great deal. If you've ever been wanting to get yourself a subscription, now is the time to do so. Head to shop.fangoria.com slash A-X-D-E-W. All right, everybody. Welcome back to T Watches, a scary movie. Here are movie reviews tonight. We are talking The Pope's Exorcist, which is available now for you to rent on all your popular streaming platforms. Now, not too long ago, I reviewed a, a movie about an exorcism called Pray for the Devil. And while the movie wasn't extraordinary, I really enjoyed that they had a different take on the traditional protagonist in these films. There's nothing really interesting anymore about us getting to watch this straight-laced priest have a crisis of faith. We need more nuanced characters. We've been watching that same archetype, that same stereotype, that same mold in these exorcism films for decades at this point. So we honestly needed something new. And I've actually recommended pray for the devil to numerous people because uh, 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 Jacqueline Byer's sister Anne is just so damn good. Like she's one of the better protagonists in these exorcism films. I found that doesn't follow that cookie cutter pattern that we've gotten and. I think that, not that that's revolutionary, because that's not, it's not like she's the first character portrayed uh, as a priest who's anything less than perfect, but I felt that it was one of the only honest approaches that we've gotten to a priest being portrayed in these kind of films. And apparently we're back on the rise here with exorcism films because I actually really enjoyed the Pope's exorcist and this is kind of going two for two this year with exorcism movies. Here's hoping the exorcist uh, sequel that's coming out in October will actually be just as good as well. Now. Julius Avery directs a script from Evan uh, Evan Spilatopoulos and Michael Petroni that tells the allegedly true tales of the James Bond of exorcism, Father Gabriel Amor, played by Russell Crowe. And Amor works as the Pope's personal exorcist, uh, being assigned specific cases requiring the best out there, the ones that you wouldn't just send your typical exorcism B-squad to. Now. After dealing with some controversy on one of his more recent assignments, Amorph is given, an, uh, given a new task to help an American family living in Spain whose young, young son has shown to not only be possessed, but personally requesting Amorph's presence. Uh, and I realize, Father Amorph is a real person, but the film Pray for the Devil already kind of wet my appetite for different kinds of stories about priests. And thankfully, the Pope's exorcist really just continues to satisfy uh, satisfy that thirst. We have to acknowledge first, though, that the Pope's exorcist is the father of Morth, what the conjuring is to to the Warrens, which is it's basically a collection uh, fascinating and exciting stories. Uh, 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 fascinating, and exciting stories that we tend to just suspend our disbelief on, rather than spending too much time deciding if they're actually true, because. Like the Warrens, these are allegedly true tales. These are things that these uh, these people or this person has absolutely gone through. And just like any story that uh, that finds itself being focused in like the horror realm, true story or not, we have to personally decide how much faith we're gonna put into that. And I get it, putting faith into a story about an exorcism is seems like a play on words, but that's really the case there. Do we care that much? Because does knowing that this was true or not take anything away? We watch vampire movies and werewolf movies and things like that all the time and those things uh, supposedly don't exist. So what really uh, does that take away knowing that this is a real person that claims they've been dealing with this? If anything, they're just more fantastic storytellers, right? And I don't know. Exorcism stories tend to uh, carry just a bit more weight of them uh, to them compared to like other uh, subgenres of horror, just because again, they are based in even the smallest bit of truth. And if you were raised in the church, you know, whatever church out there that believes in demons and possessions, then they definitely hit a little bit truer than a lot of other horror topics out there really can. And I don't think anyone is going to look at the Pope's Exorcist and think they're going to need to have a talk about truthful storytelling. That's not my my point here at all, but I think there's an argument to be made that adapting these true stories to horror may take away some of the suspense. Uh, uh, the some of the suspense in most cases, uh, because the details just aren't as extreme, and our main character typically walks away from it. Like we know. They're probably alive, they're probably okay because this is a scary story, and if this story had to be told, they had to be the one allocating, and sure, they might have had somebody else, but it's not as interesting at that point. And I get it, it just takes us a bit out of it because we probably don't think that there's gonna be a problem but i would say just like the conjuring before it it can be easy to ignore those points the protagonist uh, is one that we actually enjoy watching and what russell crowe and the having fun part of his career it's hard not to enjoy what he's doing here with father Amor. Uh, amorph is flawed he deals with the pain of an earlier failure uh, of his before he became a priest and even with that pain Russell Crowe still manages to put out this really playful and defiant performance both to the uh, his critics that are in the film, his adversaries, and uh, to his demonic foes that he's facing off against too. He actually manages to imbue Amorph uh, with unshakable confidence to where we always trust that if he says everything's gonna be okay, if he says he's gonna take care of things, then that's exactly what's gonna be done. But he also has enough confidence uh, to where, uh, confidence and wisdom to where he can see the larger events that are unfolding around him and can start to see the makings of what seems like a conspiracy and not an earthly conspiracy that either. It's a heavenly conspiracy, which is kind of interesting to see because usually it's something in the church. Oh, the church let this uh, let this child get possessed or the church was involved with demons. Uh, but this one here was more so a uh, an other world heavenly conspiracy, and I like that that effect to it because there can still be some politicism into that while at the same time, it, it, it's 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 a demon. They're, they're demons that are doing these things, you know? Uh, Daniel Zavato, who you might know from Don't Breathe or It Follows, uh, assists as Father Escalable. And even though the character comes off as really cliched earlier on in the film, he grows and he evolves thanks to uh, Amorph's realizations about him. And the relationship between the two actually reminded me of one I had seen on TV recently, the television adaptation of The Exorcist. And I say adaptation, I know it's supposed to be a sequel, but still, you get my point with that. And I understand, of course, any media that surrounds uh, demonic possessions and exorcism is going to bring comparisons to the franchise that made it popular. But how many of you have actually watched this Fox show? If not, you're absolutely missing out. It should give it a chance because the partnership between Ben Daniels, Father Keen, and Alfonso Jerez, uh, Father Ortega, was just such a joy to watch play out over the course of the few seasons that it had, which really wasn't many. It was a great show, though. Um, and uh, even though Esquivel is new to this world of exorcisms, there are things that he's absolutely able to help Father Amorph with. And I thought that's great because even though Amorph is this guy who knows exactly what he's doing and he's the one leading the charge and doing all these things, it's nice to see that there's still more that he can learn. He's not going to be replaced, of course. It's not that kind of film like all these other exorcism ones where the old priest dies or whatever, but he still has this big role to play. And uh, Amorph and Esquibel's relationship shares the same number of notes, uh, the same number of duos. Uh, Let me rephrase that. They go through a lot of the same notes that we've seen with duos and exorcism related media, but it stands out because, for once, the two actually complement each other. Uh, it doesn't seem like uh, like a morphs necessarily condescending to esquivel and we see we've seen that a lot in previous exorcist movies where the uh, the older jaded priest who is supposed to be the expert on this who knows everything is like oh don't do this and you should be smarter you should be better at handling all this than the person does and they chastise them and a morph doesn't do that because a morph knows this is the way that this works in real life and i got to encourage this person because i actually need their help and that made it all the more interesting being uh, being shown this relationship in a different light than what we've seen in other films. And with the sequel being announced recently, I don't think I would mind seeing Escobar, uh return because Russell Crowe is confirmed to be returning for a sequel. I don't think I would mind seeing Esquibel return as well in the role of assistant and maybe even take the lead here on a lot of these exorcism opportunities that they're apparently gonna have. Unfortunately though, The Pope's exorcist fails in the same place that a number of other films uh, focused on exorcisms tend to. Uh, And that's in the horror of the demonic adversary. It's hard to replicate the same feeling that most of us had watching the original, uh, exorcism and experiencing Pazuzu or Captain Howdy, whatever you want to call that demon. The combination of Linda Blair, Mercedes McCambridge, Ron Farber, and Aline Dietz, uh, brought us just this terrifying, terrifying adversary that many others just have not been able to match over the years. And whether it was the slow build of Reagan's possession, whether it was the dark, gloomy setting of Washington, D.C back in the day. Uh, Maybe it was the idea of a demon being callous enough to attack a scared little girl. It's hard to say for sure, but The Pope's Exorcist just can't work that answer out for itself when it comes to making its villain actually scary. It seemed as if the film uh, was featuring the villain way more than necessary so that a morph would actually have an opportunity to be more physical in the film. Because typically, um, with exorcism films, your priests don't get to do much until the last 25 minutes or so of the movie when they're actually carrying out the exorcism. And I feel that the Pope's exorcist set up so many bigger grandiose ideas that Amorph actually got to run around and do more than what we would expect, which was entertaining, but it seemed to be at the expense of the villain who doesn't come off as terrifying anymore, honestly. I mean, it almost seemed like the demon was literally like twirling this invisible mustache because uh, like... Between having this like huge agenda and talking in this big, booming, European, almost Irish accent. Um, I don't know. So many of these things were like, seem like they were put through the lens of an action film as opposed to a horror film. And because of that, it's just not that scary. And I, I do approach this knowing I'm absolutely desensitized to a lot of scary things that are out there, but I can safely say that this just feels more like a fun action film than it does even close to a thriller, honestly. And that's bad because obviously, you know, you want to walk in and you're expecting something more of a horror suspense thriller film, and you're getting more of this like fast paced action movie instead, but it's still an entertaining movie or not. And even though it's missing a lot of scares, it is incredibly bloody. And that's saying something big for a movie about an exorcism because, uh, these kind of films, while they're not strangers, the gore, there's, uh, like plenty of head spinning and blo- and puking and things like that. But I was actually surprised how bloody this film really got, especially when it came to that last battle in the movie, it got really, really dark, really quick. And if the Pope's exorcist secedes at anything, that final battle between the priest and the demon definitely would be on that list. A tag team battle involving multiple exorcisms, bodies exploding, and one, one big pissed off demon. Uh, the end battle might actually be the most exciting and thrilling exorcism seen in the film yet, which is saying something. If you see the rating that I, I give in this film here on Letterboxd, that, that's saying a lot considering looking at my rating, but it really is true. Like, honestly, like I'm glad we didn't get the typical uh, typical scene in the bedroom with the rain outside, it's dark, one priest is dead, it's cold and foggy. I renounce you, Satan, and leave this body and take me. And we get, we do get parts of that, but it plays out so different. Look, y'all, it's not going to change the game, okay? Uh, chances are that we're still going to get plenty more typical cookie cutter exorcism films after this. I don't doubt that at all. But at the very least, The Pope's Exorcist brings us a different hero than what we usually receive. And the climax surprisingly manages to elevate the film to more heavenly heights. So, check out The Pope's Exorcist right now. It's available for rent on all your favorite streaming platforms. And folks, that's going to do it for me tonight. I appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you come back next time where I'm going to start talking about the films of year two of the After Dark Horror Fest Film Festival. I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. boy here is a big fan of Goria. So if you want to check out the world's Best horror magazine that's out there. Get a chance get yourself your own subscription, which I just got my first one back in 2022, and I don't regret it for a second. But if you want your own Fangoria subscription or you like the Fangoria merchandise, then head over to the Fangoria shop and use my link if you want to save yourself some money, folks. That's an easy one to remember. Just go to shopfangoriacom AXDEW. Again, that's shop.fangoria.com. Vangoria.com slash A-X-D-E-W or use my specific code A-X-D-E-W at checkout. You can save 20% off your entire order and that implies two uh, subscription and one-time orders as well. You don't want to miss out, folks, because with the magnitude of horror movies we've had released in the last few years and with what we have on the horizon, Vangoria is going to be your number one source for all that great, juicy, bloody information in the world of horror. So again, head to shop.fangoria.com. Hey there folks! Thanks for tuning in to T Watch This Scary Movie. I appreciate you checking out another review or movie news, whether we're talking movies, TV shows, books, or games, whatever. It's all scary. Remember, you can check out new episodes every Wednesday night at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page for video. That's youtube.com slash c slash movie. Again, YouTube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And you can check out the audio version on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search T Watch the Scary Movie or Twaza. Don't forget, my name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.